gospel lesson for today, the fourth Sunday of Easter and Good Shepherd Sunday, comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in through another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, folks, on this day, may the grace and peace of our risen Lord be yours now and forever. Amen. Good Shepherd Sunday, one where maybe we start thinking a lot about sheep, or perhaps we think about other animals or livestock that might require a shepherd, whether it might be goats, or perhaps it could be cows, or it could be any number of things. But a shepherd is one who cares for their animals, cares for their flock. Now, what's interesting and almost ironic about the way the lectionary works, the way that our, our various patches, passages are broken up in the three-year cycle, is even though today is Good Shepherd Sunday, and we're all so used to hearing that I am statement from Jesus in the Gospel of John, I am the Good Shepherd, we actually didn't even hear it today. Did you notice that? What's wonderful about it is it picks that particular verse is verse 11, which is the very next one after where we cut off. But I'll give you a preview for a year from now. We'll actually hear that one in a year. So just be aware that we'll hear Jesus say, I am the good shepherd. But today we don't hear it. Today we hear some other things. Now it's all still part of this same larger analogy, the same ongoing metaphor that Jesus is utilizing in order to highlight some of the teaching that he's doing or even some of the action that he had been doing immediately before this. But the whole thing is about this idea of sheep being in a pen, in, in the, the, inside the fence, inside the sheepfold, sometimes it's called, and that the, the shepherd comes and the gate is opened and the shepherd calls to his sheep and since the sheep know his voice, they will follow. Now, as I think about that idea, I'm reminded of a story. I've told this before. This may sound familiar to you, but of course, I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, up until I was about 16, my dad, uh, my dad milked, and, and of course I grew up helping. And I can remember time after time after time of being sent out for afternoon chores to wind up the cattle out of the pasture and bring them into the barn. And I would go out and I'd holler and scream and do all kinds of different things and try and get them moving. And they would either just kind of sit and look at me, or maybe they'd walk around, or they'd maybe start to meander, bang into things here. But then at one point when dad was ready for them to come in, he would step out the barn door and he'd give that, come boss, that maybe some of you know. And I swear, the second they heard that, off they went. And they traipsed right on in to, into their stanchions because they knew his voice. Me, 
me they ignored, but they knew his voice. And isn't that what Jesus is talking about here? That those, the, the sheep, the animals, the flock, they know the voice of the one that they're supposed to follow. And if it's not the right voice, they won't listen. Why does Jesus bring this up today? Well, I already mentioned that this is all in response to a healing that he had done. Immediately before this particular chapter, back in chapter 9, is the healing of the man born blind. We actually had that scripture lesson featured as our gospel here about a month or so ago, so it may be fresh in your minds. But if you remember that story, Jesus encounters this man who's been blind his entire life, and he speaks to him, and he heals him, but the healing actually happens a little bit after the fact. And so for the man to be able to trust in Jesus, he literally can't see anything, and it's only by his ears. He has to hear him. He hears the voice of Jesus. And then they're separated, and then later on, they come back together again after the man experiences some ongoing hardship. But that's the case. That's what has happened. He healed someone born blind who could only hear his voice and did. That prompts this whole thing. Now, there's different things that are at play. And we could dive into this or that or this or that or this or that. But I'm, I'm just really captured by this whole idea of the one who comes to the sheep pen and is the gate and opens. We, we hear kind of some mixed metaphors there that he's both the gate as well as being the one who comes to the gate. But he comes to the gate and the gate is open and he calls his sheep. And then he, as they come out, because they know his voice, he leads them. He goes on before them and they find pasture. Now, I worked with that idea a little bit. I wondered, what does that mean for us today? Jesus' words were specific to a specific time and a specific event. But the wonderful thing about the living word of God is that it's still applicable for us today. It still speaks to us today. We still glean things from it today. And so I find myself wondering, what does it mean to find pasture? Now, I know, having grown up on a farm, what a pasture is. It's the place that the animals go out to. It's usually grass, and they can graze, and they can spread out, and they can have some room to move around so they're not just closed up and tied a tiny little pen. But it's usually also something that is contained, at least in the way that we think of it, so they can't get out unless they try really hard. But it's this area where they're able to be out and about, and they can interact with one another, but they can also move around. It's, it's this area where they can spread out. And what's interesting about the original language is the word that we say pasture in this particular translation, that's what it actually means. It doesn't mean literally pasture. It means place to spread out, a place that can spread, that can where, where it can move about. And what's interesting about it is all uh, the mass majority of times when that word shows up within the scriptures, it's actually referring to a disease rather than animal. A disease that spreads, like whether it's a skin infection or a sickness or something. And the more I thought about that particular situation, the more it really seemed fitting right now. All of this. We think about things that spread, like an illness. Well, there's an illness in the world right now that we're really hoping will not spread, and yet that's exactly what's happening. And in the midst of everything going on, all of this unease, all of this strange times, social distancing, and, 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 and reports from this side, and reports from that side, and listening to the World Health Organization, and, and listening to, to our, our local governments, and our state governments, and the federal government, and the world governments, and all these different things, we're hearing so many different voices coming from so many different ways, many of them contradicting each other, we don't know what to listen to. 
isn't that what Jesus is saying? I call to them. They hear my voice and they follow. They will not follow the stranger, but will flee from him. Folks, as I'm recording this, today is kind of a hard day. Some different things have happened. There's some questions that are floating around as, at least here in Iowa, we've, we've had statements from, from the state government saying that it's time to start opening back up, including churches. There's tension within different churches of, well, is it safe yet? Should we do this? Should we not? Should we hold off? We've made announcements. In fact, I've already said, talked about it in this video that, that we're anticipating continuing our state of closure for the time being as we continue to try and protect people, but that that is up in the air. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Some are acting already. Some are being cautious. Some are jumping. Some are waiting. There's all these different opinions. There's all these different thoughts. And folks, it's maddening. It's hard for us in the leadership to know what is the right move. We all hate being apart. I had a conversation with someone earlier today as I'm recording this, and we talked about how hard this is and yet feeling in our gut that it's the right thing. Maybe not hearing a voice that's telling us that, but having that little inkling in the back of our minds or that, that gut feeling that this is what's right and this is what's best for us as a community and this is how we care for one another as a community. This is how we show our love for one another that Jesus tells us to do by staying apart. As hard as it is to be apart, that's the best thing for us. And I find myself wondering, for us, for Underwood Lutheran, for this community, for this group of people, is this the voice of Jesus calling us that we are listening to? Now, hear me. Please hear me. As I say this, I am not trying to criticize others who are acting in different ways. They know their situations better than we do, and I am not going to judge that. For us, this is what we're doing. But folks, it's hard. We are meant to be in community. We are meant to be together. That's what community is. That's what the relational nature of our humanity means. We are made in the image of God, the God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And folks, if God exists in community, we're supposed to too. And that's why this is so hard. This is a dark, dark thing, a difficult thing to walk through. And as I say that, by golly, I'm queuing up Psalm 23 because that seems fitting for us today. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. And why? Because you are with me. Whenever I think about the Psalm, Psalm 23, that's what I'm drawn to. That reminder that God does not excuse us from the hard stuff. God does not just take us around the dark valleys. We have to go through it. But the promise is, the promise that the psalmist clings to, even perhaps in the midst of that darkness when they're having trouble seeing it, but they still say it and they claim it as their own. You are with me. Folks, this is what we have to hold on to. This is the ongoing promise of the scriptures. This is the ongoing promise of the claim that God places upon each of us through Jesus Christ. The claim that we see in the scriptures over and over and over again is even in the moments when it doesn't feel like it, even in the moments when it seems like God is as far away as possible, the promise remains that God has not abandoned us. 
it is my hope and my prayer that we can cling to that. Even if we have to continue saying the same thing week after week after week, and by golly, it feels like I am. Maybe that's the message that we need to keep hearing, and the scripture keeps giving it to us because the Holy Spirit knows we need to hear it. Even though I walk through the dark valley, you are with me. And in fact, Jesus himself promises, when you hear my voice, I go ahead of you, and you follow, and you will find pasture. Jesus is the one who leads us. God is the one who leads us, whether we recognize it or not. The one who provides us with shelter, the one who takes us to pasture, and the one who leads us between all of it. Folks, we don't know where this is going. We don't know how all this is going to shake out, but the promise remains. No matter what happens, as we continue walking through this dark valley, you are with me. May we cling to that promise. May we shine that light for one another in any way that we can as we reflect the perfect light of Christ that will always, always, always be shining even in darkness.